Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Ms. Lois. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of James. James chapter 1 tonight. James chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8 this evening. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally, and it braideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord, a double-minded man, is unstable in all his ways. Let's pray together. Lord, as we talk about a very important subject tonight, as we talk about true wisdom, and Lord, the real source, how to get it, Lord, I pray you'd help us to see the answers you have for us tonight. Lord, help us as we look to you. Help us to realize we need you. Help us to realize that you are the answer. Lord, I pray you bless every person gathered here this evening. Lord, I pray you meet their needs. I pray you'd encourage the discouraged. Lord, I pray you'd lift up the one that has fallen. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us to do more. Challenge us to love you more. Challenge us to have a right heart. Challenge us, Lord, to love one another more, for truly then shall they know that we are your disciples. And Lord, would you use your word in my heart tonight? Help me. Bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen. This is a well-known for sure, passage of Scripture. Uh, this is a uh, basic teaching of Scripture. It, it is not something that is unusual to you or anyone I wouldn't think here tonight. Probably not something that is new territory for anyone here this evening. Uh, it's very clearly defined uh, that heavenly wisdom or real wisdom or True wisdom. Now, in the Bible, we have the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is a comparison. It is a comparison between wisdom, godly wisdom, and worldly wisdom. And in the book of Proverbs, we see worldly wisdom. Uh, we see the, uh, the name uh, for worldly wisdom being the strange woman. That strange woman you see in the book of Proverbs, uh, the application could be made to a, a wicked woman, but also we see the comparison that strange woman is worldly wisdom as it compares to godly wisdom. Solomon was a man who was wise, but can I tell you much of Solomon's wisdom was worldly wisdom. It was not godly wisdom. You understand that Solomon made many 
wise decisions as the world saw it that were not wise as far as God saw it. And there is a difference. Uh, it was genius politically. It was strategic of Solomon in the fact that Solomon went and he took women, brides, from all the different countries around him and all the different kingdoms. He brought wives from those kingdoms into himself. Now, in the world's perspective, that was sheer genius. It was wise, worldly wisdom, because if he's got that king's daughter as his queen, that king's not going to attack him because he's not going to attack his daughter. That makes sense in worldly wisdom. It was a genius plan politically, uh, militarily, but can I tell you it was not wise according to God. Now, we see tonight, if any lack wisdom, and the question here is how to get it. How to get it. Godly wisdom, true wisdom, the right kind of wisdom, how do we get it? As we look at these few verses tonight, and we're, we're just going to see some very simple things here tonight, we're going to see some pretty clear answers. How many of you have ever asked a question before and you were more confused after you got the answer than you were before you asked the question? Does that ever happen to you? You ask a question and you're like, what did you say? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it didn't clear anything up. It's just now as clear as mud. Uh, I like, if I ask a question, yes, no. That, that's simple for me. I'm, I'm simple-minded. We're going to see very simply, very plainly, very succinctly, and very directly tonight the answer that God gives us. So, number one, here's the question. What is it? What is it? What is wisdom? By the way, in the Old Testament, when God sent manna, they walked out the very first time they saw that manna on the ground and literally they said, what is it? Literally, the word manna literally means, what is it? <laughs> they had no idea what it was. They called it, what is it? In the States, there's a, a chocolate bar. Now, in the States, they call it a candy bar, Miss Lois, called a whatchamacallit. How many have ever heard of the whatchamacallit? Uh, it's, it's awesome, by the way. It's, I'd like to have, you have, you have one in your purse, Miss Lois? How come? I'd like to have one of those. Uh, so whatchamacallit. And it was a brilliant advertising uh, campaign. I remember when I was a kid, the commercials, for what do you got? You know, whatchamacallit. But they literally went, what is it? Well, the, we're going to answer that question about wisdom. What is it tonight? It says, if any of you, in, in our passage here in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom. Now, if we lack it, we're going to have to know what it is. We have to know how to tell if we lack it. I remember my dad saying to my sister one time, he asked her, how's the oil in your car? And my sister said, it's good. How's the oil level? Have you checked it? Oh, yeah, it's good. My dad, she was, she was living, teaching in a Christian school. She wasn't married yet, but she was visiting mom and dad, and she was getting ready to go home. Dad walked out with her to the car. And she got getting ready to get in her car, and my dad said, hey, uh, go ahead and check the oil before you leave. My sister got behind the wheel of the car. She looked around. 
Then she sheepishly said to my dad, how do you open the hood? And my dad said, how have you checked the oil if you don't know how to open the hood? And she said, well, I haven't checked the oil. Uh, she didn't know how to check. She didn't even know how to pop the hood. Uh, Brother Dries is still trying to figure out how to open the hood on his Ford. Uh, Joel has opened it about 700 times this last year, but he hasn't figured it out yet. But we need to know what is it. What, what is wisdom? Uh, is, it, is it a promise for guidance in times of perplexity? Is it, is it, is it some magic? Is it uh, some special insight? Is, is wisdom that the Bible is speaking about here some kind of special illumination when it's needed? Is it some kind of intellectual knowledge? Is that what it is we're lacking? Is it a learning or knowledge? Now, all of those things may be included on the fringe of what wisdom is, but none of those things are the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is a very practical thing. It has to do with the way that you and I as believers live. It has to do with what we do with the truth and how we handle God's truth and how we put it into practice. So wisdom is not intellectual. There's a lot of people in this world who have a lot of knowledge, but they're very unwise. By the way, there's a lot of people who have a lot of Bible knowledge who are unwise, who don't take the knowledge they have and wisely put in practice what they have. Dr. Alexander McLaren said that wisdom is the sum of practical religion. Now, that, that word religion is a, a tricky word as the world defines it. Uh, I hate religion. But as God defines it, I, I, love that, I love that statement with that. It's possible to acquire knowledge and lack wisdom. It's possible to be a fool and be very intelligent. Heavenly wisdom, get this statement, is spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. God says, if any of you lack wisdom, what is it? It is spiritual discernment which is made experimental in its application. In other words, I discern and put into practice. How many of you like to golf? Any golfers? Here, any golfers? Brother Gerald, I'd have never guessed you were a golfer. Uh, Brother Gerald, uh, I guarantee you, you could beat me in golf, Brother Gerald. There's no doubt about it. Unless we go to one of those golf courses that have like the little windmills and the little clown faces, I'll clean up, I'll clean up on mini golf. But I, I'm not a golfer. I've only been golfing a couple times in my life. If, if I went golfing with Brother Gerald, it'd be embarrassing. Uh, he'd have to give me a mulligan or six or ten. And I would have to say to Brother Gerald, um, what club do I use? Because I wouldn't know. Now, I know, I know the driver I know that, you know, the big one, I know you use the big one for far away. I know, what, I know what a putter looks like because I play mini golf. I know those too. But when it comes to the irons and the woods and the wedges and the, yeah, I don't have a clue. Now, some, some golfers, they can say, okay, that's so far to that green. That's 250 yards. Uh, use, use this nine iron or I, I pulled that out of the air. I have no idea what, if that would even be. But they know what to use. They know where to put it. 
Now, if I went golfing, I'd probably just take one club because that's what I'm used to in mini golf, you know? Just give me my putter, the, you know, the little stubby one that I got to lean over about like this to, to putt with like a little kid. But I, I wouldn't know how to apply it. Not only that, I wouldn't know how to hit the ball. I could probably hit it really far, but I'd probably, if I'm wanting to go this way, I'd probably hit the ball that way. I couldn't apply the pressure right. I wouldn't know how to do it right. A lot of times we find ourselves that way with wisdom. We don't have the right spiritual discernment. And yet God says, if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. The Bible tells us, if you look over just a few pages with me in James 5, in verse 13 through 18, it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth his fruit. So we see here in this passage that we can ask the Lord, and the Lord answers some pretty amazing prayers. The Lord can do way beyond what we could ever ask or think, the Bible tells us. And he tells us specifically in chapter 1 that if we lack wisdom, God will give us wisdom. And we're told what the wise man will be like back in, uh, in our text, uh, that the wise man will have knowledge. We see that back in our, our text area here. Uh, wisdom is the matter of knowing and then knowing how to apply that, wis that knowledge. But there has to be that knowledge as well. If we have wisdom, we will be humble because we understand it's not us, it's the Lord. And as we check the dipstick on our level of wisdom, can I share a secret with all of you tonight? All of us would have to say, oh Lord, it's not full. Lord, I don't have as much wisdom as I ought to have. None of us can say to God, yep, Lord, I checked it. I'm good. I got all the wisdom I need. I got all the knowledge I need. I got all the humility I need. Uh, I, I have no envy. I have no self-ambition. I have no evil. No, the fact is we all need wisdom. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is that spiritual discernment. And God wants us to have that spiritual discernment. And if we have that wisdom that God wants to give us, that God says if we ask him, he will give us, we'll have lives that are pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, impartial, sincere. Now that sounds wonderful, but can I tell you, no, none of us meet all of those characteristics. Because to meet those characteristics fully would be to say, I am exactly like Christ. Now, I am in Christ. He sees me as perfect. I am forgiven forever. I have eternal life now. I'm not trying to earn it and I'm not trying to work for it. As a Christian, I already possess it. But God wants us to walk like, talk like, think like, act like the Lord Jesus Christ. And that happens as we get spiritual discernment, as we get wisdom. 
Number two, another question. We ask the question, what is it? Spiritual discernment. Wisdom. Number two, do you need it? My wife and I were driving tonight, and Hannah, and we saw someone pulled over on the side of the road on the Manning Expressway, and they had a flat tire. What a bad night to have a flat tire. I said to my wife, I said, if we, if we, if we pulled over and the flat tire, I said, I would almost, almost be tempted to call AMA and say, hey, I need you to come change my tire. I mean, I have AMA. Why not use it, right? Uh, almost. I probably wouldn't, but I would have been tempted. A friend of mine a year or two ago had a flat tire and found out when they went to change their tire, they had no spare tire. They had a Kia Soul. In a few years of the Kia Soul, the Kia decided they didn't need to include a spare tire because it took it too much space. So there was no spare. Now, can I tell you, if you have a flat tire, you need a spare tire. You need that. It's, it's very, very needful. If you go outside tonight and you forget your coat here at the church, you will not make it very far. Brother Eric, you will not walk very far tonight without a coat. Uh, you'll take your wife's coat and run away. No, you're going to be freezing. You need a coat. Do we need wisdom? The answer, of course, is yes, we do. We need God's wisdom. No one can say that we're always pure, always peace-loving, always gentle, always approachable, always merciful. No one, we can't say, I'm, I'm just like Jesus Christ. We'd like to be able to say that, but we can't say it honestly. Uh, so the fact is we do need wisdom. We do need to know how God wants us to live. We do need spiritual discernment to know how to make the decisions of life. By the way, a lot, of, a lot of the decisions you're going to make this week, you can't go to the Bible and say, okay, I'm going to find Scripture and verse that says, thou shalt do this. Why? Because God gives us wisdom to take Bible principles and apply Bible principles in our life. We don't always have thou shalt and thou shalt not in the Bible for every situation in life, but we can have God's wisdom and discernment to make right decisions. By the way, in your business. I had a phone call this week from someone who said, Pastor, I've been asked to do this. What do you think? And I, and I looking for wisdom. Can I tell you that how wonderful it is when we seek godly wisdom? By the way, in your relationships. Your relationship in your marriage with your children. By the way, if you're not married yet, your relationship, dating relationship, your relationship with your friends, your relationship in your community. We need wisdom. So do we need it? You better believe we do. You better believe we need wisdom. God says, if you, if, if you don't have wisdom, ask me. I'll give it to you. So we definitely need it. Number three, very simple question tonight. Number one, what is it? Spiritual discernment. Do we need it? We sure do. We sure do. Number three, can we have it? How many of you ever remember buying maybe ice cream, maybe a cake, some cookies, some kind of treat, and you got it home from the grocery store, and your kids, 
or Brother Gerald, maybe you, maybe your husband, said, can I have it? Can we have it now? The kids saw you putting the ice cream away, your grandkids. No, that's not fair. Grandparents just give grandkids everything. But uh, your parents, can I have this? Not until you eat supper. Uh, I want to have it now. No, not to eat supper. In my house, if I said I want to have it now, the answer would have been, you will never have it as long as you live. Uh, that's what would have happened in my house. Uh, but the question is, can we have wisdom? God answers it very plainly. So often we think of things we need, things that would be wonderful for us, and we think, well, I wish I could have that. We, in our culture, we look at things other people have, and we, I wish I could have that, but I can't. I wish, I wish I could have that house. I wish I could have that car. I wish I could have that job. All those things that we're familiar with, we, we've all been there to some level. And we look at wisdom, and we ask the question, can I have it? And we want to say, our flesh says, no, you can't. But God says, yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can have it. The Bible says here in our text, in verse 5, if any of you. That's every Christian. Verse 2, a few verses ahead, it says, My brethren. By the way, if you're a child of God, it's available to you. If you're born again, we can have wisdom. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, I turn back very quickly, chapter 1 and verse 11. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you are born of God, we're born again. If we're born of God, absolutely, God tells us plainly here in our text in James, if any of you. God wants us to have spiritual discernment. God wants us to make right decisions. God wants us to be pure and holy and peaceable. God wants us to, to have his word and to be able to apply his word and to use his word properly. How many of you have ever helped maybe with a brick or block work or maybe carried some brick or mixed mortar or watched somebody lay brick or block? When I was a boy, I helped my dad... The first job I ever did with him, I was eight years old, and I, I mixed all the mortar for a house. It was a split lever, split four-year home. My dad bricked the bottom half of the house, and I mixed all the mortar, carried all the bricks. I have a scar right here on my leg. I'm not going to show you it tonight. Don't worry. Uh, well, maybe for a couple hundred dollars after the service. But I've got a scar right here on my leg that I got when I broke the banding of the cube of bricks and the bricks fell over and gashed my leg wide open as an eight-year-old kid. And, you know, most of you today, you know, you'd freak out. You'd rush your child to the stallery. You'd call STARS a helicopter to come and take your child in, emergency surgery. You know what my dad did? Ha! Ah, it's all right. Put a piece of duct tape on it and I finished working. Uh, I probably should have had 732 stitches but I helped him with that. And I watched my dad lay brick and block. And, you know, you take a trowel and you get the, the mortar and 
you lay the mortar down, depending on the brick or block, the way you do it, and then you, you batter the ends of the brick or the block. But if you take a trowel, and if you've ever tried before, you take a trowel and put it in the mortar or the mud, and you try to lift that trowel and you turn that trowel, how many of you know what happens? The mortar just slides right off. Like if you dip the trowel in, turn it up, it just keeps sliding off. It's very frustrating. I remember trying, trying to do it when I was a kid and like, how does my dad do this? He's magical. And then I began to watch and I watched my dad as he got the mortar and then he kind of flicked that trowel and it caused it to stick. And then he could take it and batter the end of the brick because he, I didn't know how to use the trowel. I didn't have that wisdom. Can I tell you, God wants you to know how to apply the word of God in your life. God doesn't want to withhold that from you. God doesn't want you to stumble. He wants all of us, and yes, we can have the wisdom that God has for us. Titus, I'll read for you very quickly here. The book of Titus chapter 2, we see uh, truth. I want to, give me just a second here. Let me turn my pages stick together. Titus chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. God wants you to be able to adorn that doctrine. He wants to give you that wisdom. So this is the real question. All that to get to the most important question. And even in our uh, title tonight, we talk about it. And then number four, how can we get it? How can we get it? You've all seen the meme, take my money. <laughs> whatever it is, I want to buy it. I'll pay whatever it is. I, I want that. How do we get wisdom? James 5 says simply, ask of God. Ask of God. Wisdom is a gift which is obtained by prayer. James does not tell us if you lack wisdom, go to university. Nothing wrong with university. Nothing wrong with learning. But that's not the answer for wisdom. It doesn't say if you need wisdom, sit down and become a thinker. I believe we ought to think. We like amusement in our world. It means not thinking. We ought to think, but thinking doesn't bring wisdom. Wisdom is offered to us. It is a gift which is not achieved, but is given. Let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally. Since the gift we want and need is heavenly wisdom, it would only make sense that the only place we could get it is from heaven, from God. I can't buy it. I can't pay for it. I can't have it any other way. I can only get it by prayer and asking Him. James 1 verse 4 says, Let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then it says in verse 5, if you lack wisdom, I want you to see the tie-in there. God says, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to miss anything. I don't want you to lack anything. And then in verse 5, if you lack wisdom, ask me. I'll give it to you. How do we get wisdom? By asking God. We ask Him. It's given, the Bible tells us, number five, generously. Notice in verse five, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. 
God doesn't say, okay, there you go. You can have, that's all you can have. No, God giveth liberally. He, he giveth wisdom uh, liberally, not grudgingly. Uh, according to his riches. Philippians says, according to his riches. I went out one time with a millionaire. And I went out to eat. And when we got to the restaurant, it was Steak and Shake. It's a fast food place, a, a high-end fast food place. And when I walked in, he said to everybody going in, everybody gets... Can't remember what it, you got to have a meal, you got to have this, you got to have a milkshake, you got to have all this stuff. And he said, Don't be ordering off the value menu. And he must have known there were people like me there. I go somewhere, okay, where's the, back then, where's the 99 cent menu? We don't have that now, where's the $75 menu? That's the value menu now. But and he said, You got to have this. And then he took us, some uh, missionaries took us to uh, Pennies. Uh, Pennies is similar to like Sears. Remember Sears back before it went bankrupt? And took us there to buy us, was going to buy a suit or suit jacket for the preachers that were there. And I went in and he said, look, find something. And I was there without my wife. I was there by myself. And my wife was, I think she had just given birth to Lizzie. And while I was there, I, I am my mother's son. I saw the yellow sign that said clearance. And <laughs> I made a beeline to the clearance rack. My mom would have been so proud of me, Miss Lois. And, and I'm looking on the clearance rack, and, and the fella, his wife, came over to me, and she said, son, what are you doing? And they were up in their late 70s, early 80s. And I said, ma'am, I'm looking for a suit and jacket. And she says, son, you don't need to look on the clearance rack. Like She said, you come with me. Let me show you where to look. Your wife is near to help you. Come with me. I'll help you look. I, I was shopping according to my wallet. I wasn't shopping according to his wallet. Can I tell you that God gives to us not according to what we have. He gives to us according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So if I get it by prayer, if he gives me generously, how is it received? Look in verse 6 through verse 8 in our text again. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How is it received? Through prayer and faith. Through prayer and faith. Asking in faith, receiving in faith, absolute confidence in our God. Absolute confidence that when I ask, he's going to give me. By the way, a, a man that walks outside and says, Lord, send the rain, probably doesn't fully believe God's going to send the rain if he walks out with nothing in his hand. But you let a man with an umbrella walk out, put the umbrella up beforehand and say, Lord, send the rain. Uh, it's a picture. He, he believes the Lord's going to send some rain. He's going to need that umbrella. Can I tell you that as we ask in faith, we should be believing, receiving uh, by belief. I'm going to turn back just a couple pages here quickly in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, 
it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I took my wife out. We went out on a date last night. Fancy, fancy date, Miss Lois. I found a, a new Mexican restaurant. And on Tuesdays, they have a special deal. Tacos are $2. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jehovah God. And now they're just little tacos, you know, like authentic little tacos. And they have, Brother Eric, 15 different types of tacos. And we ordered our first round of tacos uh, and some other things. And uh, the guy took an order and he said, do you have any allergies? And I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm allergic to vegan food. And I said, as long as there's meat on the taco, I will not be allergic to it. And uh, he laughed. I, I, I got to have the meat on there. Now, I must confess, they did have one that had uh, poblano peppers. I love poblano peppers. They're like heaven. Uh, and had it been poblanos and some meat, Miss Lois, I'd have had some vegetables on my tacos last night. But I, I joked with him. I said, hey, uh, as long as there's meat, I'll be good. God tells us that if we leave off faith, we can't please him. How do we receive? We pray by faith. We receive by faith. Same way, same channel. Same channel. And on our text, back quickly, if you'll look there with me as I turn, James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Number seven, the last question tonight, and a rhetorical one, is this a certain promise? It sure is. It sure is. God says we shall. Verse two, the Bible says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Colossians, let's, let's close there in Colossians. Turn to Colossians 3. God keeps his word. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ, by the way, the word of Christ is true. It is truth. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We see the importance there. The importance there of wisdom. And I'll look at one more verse. You don't need to turn there. James 4, 2. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have. Ye cannot obtain. Ye fight in war and ye have not. Why? Because ye ask not. God says if we ask, He'll give us wisdom. So as we think about true wisdom, it's not something that we have to say, oh, man, I, I wish I could have that one day. Years ago, I remember reading a hunting magazine. It was Outdoor Life, maybe, or something like that. This would have been the early 80s or middle 80s, 1986, 87, 88, somewhere in that range. I was a young teenager. And I remember seeing in that magazine, I saw a rifle. 
and it was a new rifle that Remington was making, and it was a custom gun. It was a Remington custom shop. It's a Remington 700. That's their bolt-action rifle platform, and it was called the Remington KS, custom shop Kevlar. Now, that means nothing to 99.9% of you, I'm sure, but it was a custom gun. It was made in their custom shop. It had a, a Douglas air gauge barrel, custom barrel, custom trigger, had a Kevlar stock. I mean, it had everything that was available in the late 1980s. And I remember thinking as a kid, I want one of those. Now, the cost of that gun in the 80s was probably close to $2,000. Can I tell you that Brian Rice was never, ever, ever going to have a $2,000 gun as a 13-year-old kid? That was never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. I would borrow my uncle's gun. I'd bar- I'd, that was never going to happen. But I remember thinking, man, I'd like to have one of those. The Lord did something funny several years ago. The Lord let me get that exact gun uh, for way less than that, although it's worth probably way more than that. Uh, the gun that I shot my moose with this year is the exact gun, the very first year it came out. But as a kid, I looked at, man, I'd like to have that gun. But I did get it amazingly. But there are many things that we look at and go, I'd like to have that, and there's no way that'll ever happen. Last night, as my wife and I drove home from our date, we drove through a neighborhood, some beautiful homes, and my wife went, wow, we saw this house. You could see the stairwell going up, and it was a massive house. It was as big as, big as our church building. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, we'll definitely be having a house like that someday, no doubt about it, as we laughed and said, no way. There's some things we know we'll never have we want and realize we can't have. But can I tell you, Christian, we can have spiritual discernment. We can have wisdom by simply asking and believing and trusting. And we can trust Him. God will answer. And God will answer liberally and bless us. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to realize that you want us to be complete, whole, perfect, lacking nothing. Lord, I pray tonight that we would pop the hood on our heart and we would check the dipstick of wisdom. And Lord, we would realize that we are lacking, all of us. Lord, I pray that we would believe and understand and know that we need that wisdom, that spiritual discernment, that practical application of truth to make decisions day by day, to honor you with our life, to live the Christian life, to put it in gear, in operation. Lord, may we pray, may we ask you, may we receive by faith, may we trust, and may we know that you give us that which is best. Lord, help us. We need you. We confess tonight 
Lord, we need wisdom. We need your wisdom. Lord, not worldly wisdom, not, not the wisdom of the ages, but God, we need the wisdom of the one who created all things. Bless us now and help us. Lord, may you be glorified this evening. In your precious name we pray. Amen.